Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Live with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. We have a great show for you tonight. You're going to be glad you tuned in. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Larry Dersham, who is really going to put his civil rights attorney constitutional law hat on tonight. So you've got a lot in store for you there. But you're right. It's time for the headlines with a silver lining. We're going to give you some substance seasoned with salt. And we're going to start with back to school. It's what everybody's talking about. It's on everybody's mind. But it's back to school for some and the beginning of college for others. Now, this is a big deal. And it's certainly not going to be the college experience that many students have envisioned, especially with so many campuses still going virtual. But it's a competitive process. We all know this, okay? Parents go through this with all of their kids when they become college age. And one of the things that we all want is for it to be fair, which brings us to the most recent sentencing. That's right, criminal sentencing along these lines, which occurred yesterday, the Operation Varsity Blues scandal. Remember this? This really made a splash last year. It was an example of the wrong way to send your child to college, or at least try to get them into the college of choice. Now, for those of you that need a refresher, because I know a lot has happened since then, over 50 people were charged in this scandal. And it involved, if you remember, cheating on admission tests, bribes to college coaches and officials, falsely designated students as athletic recruits in sports that never played. Now, more than 40 people since the scandal broke have actually pled guilty or agreed to plead guilty. And that includes, by the way, William Singer. Now, who's he? That was the college admissions consultant who worked with almost all the families in the case. And people were concerned right from the beginning that Singer would sing like a bird, which probably prompted a lot of the guilty pleas. But Laughlin was one of the most prestigious and well-known actresses to get swept up in the scandal. And she's also one of the ones who, in contrast to Felicity Huffman, another well-known face, she, remember, Huffman ran to the courthouse and pled guilty very early on, threw herself on the mercy of the court, and by the way, got away with only two weeks. Laughlin and her husband were portrayed as defiant. They held out. Everybody has the right to a trial, but then ended up pleading guilty also. And according to the criminal case against both she and her husband, they were accused of paying, wait for it, five hundred thousand dollars to rick singer and key worldwide foundation to falsely designate both of their daughters as recruits to the usc crew team even though as with other parents neither of them had ever participated in the sport now that's going to be tough for the young person right for the teenager showing up the first day of practice in a sport you've never played talk about anxiety as if it isn't hard enough to be a young person entering college nowadays So the federal judge that sentenced Laughlin yesterday gave her what some are describing as a glam scam. Many people say it's more of a glam slam 
that's right, a sentence that is supposed to be commensurate to what she did given her glamour and her Hollywood status. People are thinking, well, wait a minute, didn't she get like a couple of years, five years? I mean, after all, she was facing 20 years. She got two months. But I'm gonna give you a little bit of perspective because I know you think it's a slap on the wrist. Everybody does, everybody's talking about it. People are really expressing astonishment, as did the judge, that somebody that led a fairy tale life would corrupt the college admission system out of a desire for even more status and prestige, in this case, for her daughters. But remember that judges are fashioning sentences based on the crime and based on the criminal. Laughlin suffered a significant amount of reputational damage that can never be repaired. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Hollywood is so forgiving. I mean, we are forgiving as a society. We're also going to forgive, no doubt, Lori Laughlin. She tearfully apologized. She talked about knowing what she did was wrong. She really did have a come to Jesus moment. And it seemed authentic, as with her husband as well, who, by the way, got five years because he was what we call in criminal law, the heavy. He was much more culpable than she was. She exercised the art of apology and also remember that a judge is bound to make sure that sentences are consistent and that they're fair. So he couldn't very well throw the book at her if similarly situated defendants got something similar to the sentence that he gave her. It's all the criminal justice system. That's the way it works and that's the way it has worked during the course of this scandal. By the way, who's her husband? The fashion designer Mosismo, and maybe Larry can correct me, Mossimo, I think is the way you say it, um, Giannulini, I don't know. You know what? This is why I don't have too many designer clothes. Maybe Larry good. can correct me. Or actually, okay, that sounds good. All right. Um, so that's what she got. But she also, by the way, has two years of supervised release, during which she may, must perform 100 hours of community service. Now, don't expect to see her picking up trash on the side of the freeway. She'll probably select some kind of charitable or philanthropic cause. Then of course she has to pay 150 grand. That's a lot of money. Her husband, by the way, I'm just gonna call him Matt from now on, has to pay a $250,000 fine and he got 250 hours of community service. Maybe he will be picking up trash. And the last thing I wanna say about this because we got another very interesting topic for the first half is their report date to custody is November 19th. Just in time for what? That's gonna be around the time we start talking from transitioning from poles to poultry. That's gonna be Thanksgiving. Okay, they'll probably get something good behind bars. They struck a deal. So celebrity justice, social sentencing, yes, we're gonna be talking about all of this, but one of the things we also wanna talk about this fall is that it's not only going to be the back to school session, but it's also supposedly going to be the season of vaccines. Remember Dr. Fauci has been very accommodating when we ask him this all the time, and also very optimistic that sometime this fall, we're going to be seeing a vaccine. But here's the kicker and here's the question and here's what everybody's really talking about in connection with this. Can the government force you to get it? Larry, can they? Right. So. Will we ever reach a time in our nation's history where our national, state, and local governments will force us to be vaccinated? And under what authority? And what will that look like? Will you and your family comply with such a law, an order, or a mandate? And, and what if proof of the vaccinations are required? 
get this, to drive a car, attend school, and even buy and sell goods and services. That would be scary. Well, there's at least one Stanford law professor, his name is Hank Greeley, that thinks uh, that there could be uh, come a time that we would have to take that vaccine and we would suffer consequences if we were to refuse it. Now, according to the good professor at Stanford, he said basically the people that might resist that are of three types. He said there's the anti-vaxxers, people that are really worried about vaccinations. And that could be a topic for another uh, show, Wendy, because there are people who think that that vaccinations lead to some really bad consequences for, for our young people. And also, there's a second type of people that wouldn't take the vaccine, perhaps, according to the professor, for political reasons. And then the third type, and this really makes the most sense, people who are afraid to, afraid to take the vaccine because they worry that it's been rushed and not properly tested. And so it's a really interesting thing. So according to the professor, if the FDA and the NIH, uh, the National Institute of Health, and others show that the phase three studies were thorough and established, both for safety and efficacy, he says that it's going to be hard for those people to resist uh, taking that vaccine if it were to be ordered. But again, I think it brings up all kinds of uh, constitutional issues that we need to be concerned with. And I wanted to bring this in really quickly, Wendy. I just got this today from Australia. There is a, uh, a substance called ivermectin. Excuse me, I have a hard time pronouncing ivermectin. It we got a cures, bunch of tough words tonight, Larry. It, it, it cures COVID-19 <laughs> in 48 hours. Get this. It's been used for parasites. It's been approved by the FDA. It costs for a full uh, regimen of this drug to be administered to cure you in 48 hours. 12 cents. So what do you think? You think that's oh going to be highlighted by the vaccination people, something that can cure you in 12 for 12 cents. And uh, a lot yeah, of people I wouldn't think that's a moneymaker. Yeah, exactly. And again, what that, are the things that uh, we go ahead? Well, the, that, that, that vaccines do not cure. They prevent, but this actually right. prevents and it cures. So it's something for you all to be aware of. And uh, I, I think that's, Go ahead. I think that's great. Um, but one of the things we have to uh, really keep our eye on here is, and um, I'm, I wish we had more time to talk about this, but many of the anti-vaxxers have reasons why they can't be vaccinated. Sometimes it's a, a medical defense, a religious defense, a defense of conscience. I would love, well, maybe we'll talk about this on another segment because sadly COVID is going to be here for a while. Which of these do you think that we could actually be seeing be a viable defense to taking this vaccine? So it's going to be interesting. Can the government force us to take it? What are the defenses? And I'm sure we'll be talking about that again on another show. But let's keep collecting these ideas. And as you say, Larry, cost-efficient remedies that we could actually use rather than needing a preventative measure that we already know many people are not going to take. Amen. So, amen to that. <laughs> so this is all good stuff. We will continue to uh, talk about a little bit more of this after the break. Um, but although we have a special guest that you won't want to miss on a very different provocative topic. So please stay with us. You're listening to Live with Dr. Wendy.
News Cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Creating an estate plan for you and your family is a critically important matter you do not want to leave to chance. The Law Office of Larry Dersham has been designing custom estate plans and trusts for San Diegans for over 25 years and would be honored to assist you with all of your estate planning needs. To schedule a free consultation, please call Larry's office at 858-205-5361. That's 858-205-5361. 858-205-5361. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Live with Dr. Wendy. We are going to transition now from vaccinations to voting because they really are related, aren't they? After all, we have this all-male ballot initiative. That's what everybody is talking about. The president's been talking about it. Senators, congresspeople, everybody is talking about it. By the way, it's different than absentee voting, and I'm sure you've heard a lot about that as well. But we're talking a lot about wanting to make sure we preserve the integrity of the voting process. Because with all of the issues and concerns, all the things that can go wrong, we don't want dead people, dogs, cats. These entities are not allowed to cast a ballot. But it's one of the things we worry about when we're just going to mail one to everybody, to every name we can find. So how do we preserve the integrity of the election system? Now, Larry. I understand we have a good friend of ours on the line to help explain and break all this down to really tell our viewers and voters and listeners how we can be a part of the solution. Who do we have? Absolutely. Today, I'd like to introduce a friend and a colleague of mine in the fight to restore our country's Judeo-Christian values and to bring common sense back to our nation, our state. And her name is Dran Reese, quite an amazing person. Uh, Dran's the founder and president of the Salt and Light Council. She's also started a, uh, a work called Content of Character, where they go all across the countries and they, and they minister to uh, uh, the Afro, uh, Africa, uh, African-American crowd and try to bring them in to get them aware of their true history, their beautiful history that they have. She started the Judeo-Christian Caucus. It's a political uh, activist uh, uh, segment of her organization. Something also called Public School Exit and also BiblicalVoter.com, which is an amazing thing. So uh, welcome to the program, Dran. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Dran, today I'd like to discuss what are the duty of conservatives and Christians to be engaged in politics and culture? So many of us think, well, you know, we're Christians. We don't really get into that. We kind of have our uh, our eyes cast upwards towards heaven, perhaps, and we don't pay attention to what's going on. So how are you helping in that fight to make us aware of what's going on? Well, in your last segment, Wendy, when you were saying about the voting process, I was jokingly going to say vote and vote often. Because that's (laughs) this new electoral uh, mail-in ballot is going to allow to happen. So in answer to your question, Larry, uh, as Christians, as believers in Judeo-Christian values, it's our duty and obligation to know what God says about upholding our Uh, the world that we live in and loving our neighbor, and part of that is voting. And as a matter of fact, it's essential that 
that Christians get out and vote. They're registered to vote. They vote their Judeo-Christian values because that's what being a biblical citizen is all about. It's applying what you've learned in the Bible, what you've studied about the life issue, the marriage issue, about the debt crisis. It's all in the Bible. All these issues that we're talking about that we hear politically are all really biblical moral issues. And as Christians, we can take a firm stand on those and align our values to the way we vote and those people that we vote into office. You know, Dran, you hear that word a lot, biblical citizenship, and you talked about it just a little bit, but if you had to define that for our listeners, because it's tossed around on lots of different media stations and it sounds great, but what does it mean as a practical matter for us? Well, I, uh, I have four points that go along with that. Number one is have developing a clear-cut moral and ethical worldview based on biblical principles. That's number one. I mean, when you have that, then you understand what you're supposed to do in this world. And as you were talking about in your first segment, these people are lying, cheating, and stealing. That's what they've done. Now, if you have a clear-cut moral value, you know that lying, cheating, and stealing are breaking several of the commandments. And that's not what we do. We are honorable and honest people. So that's number one. But also to know the values of the party in which you are aligning with. Now, we have two major parties. We have the Democrats and Republicans. And they're both remarkably different in how they stand on the biblical moral issues. They have different morals. So you need to align with the one that most represents your values. Also, you have to refuse to vote um, with the parties that promote anything that's anti-Judeo-Christian values. And, of course, we see a lot of that here in California where our legislators have now introduced a bill to inject eight-year-olds in the public schools with puberty blockers. Now, the fellow that introduced that bill, he should be voted out immediately. And parents, doesn't matter what party you are, I'm sure you are confounded that it's even a thought in someone's mind. So it's applying our biblical values to our role in the public sector. That's great. Hey, Duran, uh, this I just learned about this today, and it's quite worrisome in a way, this huge push for the all-mail-in ballot. Well, there happens to be uh, the Constitution of the United States that if the election is in doubt on January 20, 2021, uh, then, according to the Constitution, and according to this, and people might want to jot this down or they can pick it up on our podcast later, then it goes over to Title Three U.S. Code, Section 19. Guess what? If on January 20th of 2021, they're still counting ballots, guess who becomes president? According to the Constitution, and uh, that is uh, the 20th Amendment, Section 3. You can check it out on the Internet. And it, then it's controlled by Title Three of U.S. Code 19. Nancy Pelosi could become our president if they're still counting ballots on January 20th of 2021. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's the reason why they're doing mail-in, because if you watch all the, the news stations, they're all saying the same thing. Thank God for that. We're going to have a flood of mail-in ballots, and we're going to be so flooded that the post office and the registrar voters office, they aren't going to know what to do. They're just going to be flooded. They'll never have seen anything like this. Now, is that a planned strategy? Hmm. That's what I say. This is a planned strategy. And if all of your listeners, you know, know, we all know, something nefarious has been going on in America. I mean, all of a sudden we have a complete lockdown. All of a sudden we have Antifa on the streets 
you know, throwing bricks into buildings, destroying our businesses. All of a sudden, almost all of California is out of business. Churches are non-essentials now. Exactly. They're the, they are the only essential, frankly, business, in my opinion. Because I agree. That's right. Time. Amen to that. Yeah, but here's what's happening. Something is really wrong, and I implore all of your listeners to really investigate what's going on. And I believe we have some resources that will help them with that. If they want to dig deep, go to the 20, the 2020panel.com and start watching all those videos. Just watch them from the top to the bottom. And when you get done with that, you know, your head's going to snap a little bit and you're going to say, wait a second, something's not right. Exactly. And that's you know, why we are supposed to be biblical citizens and biblical voters. If we had done our job as Christian citizens and been involved in the governmental mountain, we wouldn't be in the pickle that we're in, where America is almost coming to the very final end of its life. Are yes. you kidding me? And I think that this is God. Actually, I really think this is God giving us a, a little bit of a discipline here moment to see what it's like to live without our freedoms. And you know, it's, Jen, it's, like it's interesting that journey. it's interesting you bring all that up on a day like today when we've been watching the news of two hurricanes approaching closer than I think they've ever been to our, our southern coast of our country. We have uh, schools and businesses and churches opening, reopening, closing, opening again. We have so much social unrest. I mean, 2020, everybody's making the joke. Um, it's almost become a verb, you know, don't go all 2020 on me, right? I mean, there, nobody can believe all the things that have happened this year. Um, yet I have to say, we still, as Christians, are celebrating our faith. We're going to church as best we can. Maybe it's online, maybe it's in the parking lot. But one of the things that we talk about in connection with voting is how can we make sure that people, anybody of any faith that wants to actually have their voice heard is able to do that in a fashion where they can reliably cast that vote in a fashion that won't get lost, you won't get, it won't get diverted, it's safe, they don't have to go to a polling place if they're worried about contracting the virus. How do we do that and how do we encourage people to make sure that they're not dissuaded from doing everything they can to casting a valid vote? Well. There are so many ways that you can cast that vote. Number one, if they get away with mailing this ballot to you, then you hold that as if it's gold, and you deliver it to the polling location that is closest to you, and you make sure that you get it turned in and you watch them put it in the bag for counting. That's right. I agree. Right. Right. Or you go to the voter registrar's office. Now, there's another thing that's yes. very unique to California. It's called ballot harvesting or ballot collecting or ballot gathering. I suggest that if there's any churches out there listening, let's do it at your church. Biblicalvoter.com. Biblicalvoter.com just found a wonderful box, and then we're having labels printed with all the election codes that people who try to tamper with that is going to be printed on it. We're making it super simple for the churches and Christians to be able to cast their their ballot at church. And there you can trust that the people that are taking your ballot are are good human beings with a heart for God, which you cannot necessarily do if you just hand it over to someone who knocks on your front door and says, hey, can I take your ballot? Or walk right. This is what they did in the last election, which is why so, so many of those people who were ahead in the polls when the polls closed lost by enormous amounts afterwards Amazing. because they were coming out of somebody's backpack. Do not give up your ballot to anybody who knocks at the door, and be responsible Christian citizens. Take care of your ballot. 
or you can call me. I'll personally come and take <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'll do it. Yeah, you know, you two are just rock stars when it comes to all the great advice you can give about uh, about how easy it could be to actually uh, cast cast a ballot. Um, and Duran and Larry, you know, one of the we'll end with this. Um, it is true that both of you might actually go to a polling place because you're responsible citizens that enjoy participating in the political process, and you're not alone. There are many people that, despite the COVID concerns, they're going to wear their N95s and their shields and their masks, and they're going to actually go and vote in person. They're going to do whatever they can to make sure that their vote is actually counted and that they do their part to preserve the integrity of the system. And everybody that can't do that has just heard from the both of you some great examples of how to do it. So we're going to leave it there for this week, but we want to thank you, Dran, for joining us. And we also want to thank our listeners. This has been another great segment. Thank you for joining us and spending a bit of your Saturday night with us. We want to make sure you have a wonderful, safe weekend. Um, we know that there's a lot that you're doing as you're getting ready for school, sending your kids to college, getting the kids ready to go back to high school or grade school or whatever it is. But we hope that you will join us next week. We promise to have more interesting stories for you. Always headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week, and God bless you. You've been listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.